Welcome to For the Greater Good, a podcast brought to you by the Independent Grocers Alliance. And now your host, John Ross. Well, hello, everyone. This is John Ross here with IGA, and welcome to our initial or inaugural uh, episode of For the Greater Good. And this is a new podcast that uh, IJ is doing with the mission of connecting the cool retailers that serve local communities all over the world with our most senior and important partners on the manufacturing world to talk about bigger issues than we normally talk about. So we're not talking about inventory, we're not talking about new product launches and all that, or maybe a little, but what we're really talking about is sustainability. How do we collectively as an industry leave this world a better place then we, then we found it when we came in. And so this is our first issue and, and, and the inaugural partner here uh, and a very brave man, uh, Alan with Unilever, he's the CEO and uh, he's agreed to be uh, my buddy on this and, and to begin this. So Alan, welcome to the show. Hi, John, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to uh, do this. Let's see how it goes. All right, I, I, I cross our fingers and we'll see, see how. So this is IGA TV. This is how we do it. We just launch in. We're very casual. We have a conversation and uh, and we see where it goes. And uh, and and the and the, uh, the uptake, the, the the listenership is actually very very strong. The retailers all over the world tune into these things. This will be released both as a video and as a podcast, so people can listen in their right. cars as they go. And we'll try to keep it short and to the point. So today we're talking about sustainability. And I know that's a big issue, but before we get into all that, I thought maybe you could just introduce yourself to the IGA family. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, well, uh, my name's Alan Jope. I'm uh, Scottish by birth and education. My Unilever career has involved nine years working here in the UK, 14 years in the United States. I am a green card holder and uh, enjoy paying my full whack to Uncle Sam every year and 13 years in Asia, four in Bangkok, five in Shanghai, and four in Singapore. I'm very passionate about many sports, particularly rugby and football. I'm a diehard Glasgow Rangers soccer fan, and I love adventure travel. In fact, three friends and I are halfway through a multi-year round-the-world motorcycle journey that started in Alaska and will end in Sydney, Australia, uh, unless we have a calamity along the way. Of course, my first priority is my family, Rosie and our three grown children. I love my job as CEO of Unilever, but it certainly does not define me. Well, that is a perfect introduction, and I bet we could talk motorcycles for the full length of the show, but we but we shouldn't. I just a quick question. What bike do you ride? Uh, the Round the World bike is an R, uh, BMW F800 GS Adventure, but I've got a couple other sneak, snuck away in various parts of the world. I, I, I bet I bet we could have fun talking about that. Well, let, let's get into the main point of this, though, We're talking about sustainability. And, you know, as I was saying before, Unilever is so committed to this. Could you just briefly describe your company's commitment to sustainability and maybe a couple of initiatives because you have so many? Sure. Well, let me start um, by being very clear that Unilever is not an NGO. Uh, we're a business. And uh, our commitment to sustainability doesn't come from some sort of moral imperative. Uh, uh, we're all in on sustainability because we want to, as a matter of priority, prove that sustainable business drives superior financial performance. There should be no need for a trade-off between responsible business practices and strong economic outcomes. And the Priorities for Unilever are rooted in the big challenges that the world faces, whether that's 
the climate emergency and decarbonizing our business, or the loss of nature and biodiversity and making sure that we are uh, adopting responsible agricultural pro, uh, practices, or growing inequality, which is uh, tearing apart the fabric of many societies where we do business. The business case is pretty simple. Brands that are operating in a way that does good for society or, society or the planet are growing three times faster than the rest of the portfolio. Uh, sustainable sourcing has taken about 800 million euros of cost. That's about a billion dollars of cost out of the business. Uh, we know it lowers risk and it's certainly a magnet for talent. Good luck attracting the best and the brightest young talent these days unless you've got a clear message on sustainability in your organization. That's about as perfect an answer as I could have expected. Uh, my business case is always exactly aligned with yours. We don't have to make a trade-off. Smart business practices create opportunities to lower cost or improve the quality of the product, form a stronger relationship with the shopper, and then from a recruiting standpoint, it's such a perfect answer because I, our children identical, won't want to come. Uh, identical list. Yeah, our, our kids won't want to come to work for a company that isn't committed to making the world a better place. In fact, they're going to hold us accountable to that. Uh, if you could pick out one or two of the initiatives where you feel like Unilever is both, um, you know, fully equipped uh, and making progress, I'd be curious of what, 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 of all the many things you do, what, what, what are a couple of that you're most proud? Well, let me take uh, two examples. Um, the first is we have a what we call a climate transition action plan. It's simply a, a plan to decarbonize Unilever uh, to make sure that we are a net zero business by 2039. And uh, we wrote this plan uh, to take carbon out of the, the company, um, full scope one, scope two, scope three. What that means is uh, in our operations, in our sourcing and in the consumer use of our products. Um, and we were the first company in the world to put it to a shareholder vote. So in our AGM last year, uh, we put our uh, climate transition plan up for a shareholder vote. Our board were a little bit nervous about it. We were worried that some of our shareholders might think that it was not going far enough. Some might think that it was an overreach and going too far. And it did squeak through with 99.6% shareholder support. <laughs> so that's given us the mandate now to uh, get busy uh, taking carbon out of our, our operations and our brands. And the reason for doing that is there will be a cost of carbon, whether it's a tax or a straight carbon price or some cap and trade scheme, there will be a price on carbon. And so we should be a more cost-efficient business um, by taking carbon out. That's one. I'll stick with the carbon theme. Our um, home care business, so all the laundry detergents, the cleaning products that we have, is essentially derived from fossil fuels. It's a bunch of um, petrochemical-derived uh, surfactants and other cleaning agents. And we've said that by 2030, we want to completely replace all fossil fuel-derived carbon in those, uh, in those products with renewable and sustainable sources uh, of carbon. So green carbon from plants, blue carbon from the oceans, purple carbon through direct air capture, and gray carbon through recycling. And I'll give you one example. Uh, we've just launched a bunch of um, OMO laundry detergent capsules in China, where the carbon that's being used in making those, the chemistries in, in those products is recovered from a Chinese steel mill, actually. Um, and so, that's a good example where we're having to reinvent a whole division of the company and the chemistry that sits inside that um, as part of being a sustainable organization. I could talk about agriculture. I could talk about fair living wages. 
Um, but you'll have me here all day, John, if I get stuck into those. Well, well maybe we, we think of this as the beginning of a dialogue on this topic and we can come back another time and go in a little bit deeper because both of those topics are really important to our retailers. You know, a local, local grocer, whether they got one store or 200 or 1,000, you know, those stores are some of the highest energy users in their community. And yet the improvements that we've been able to make in lighting and in HVAC and in improving the, the, the nature of the freezer cases can also be a, uh, you know, heroic story of energy savings in the local community. The local grocery store often feeds more of the hunger in their community than any other resource. And you go down that list. And so if you think about the cool things that you're doing and the opportunities to execute inside of retail, exposing these issues and learning what we're doing together could be a really cool path to us making, you know, accelerating progress. And that's, that's one of the things I hope that come out of this. So just in the company overall, if you think about the next 12 months, either on initiatives of sustainability or at some of the product products that, that you're coming out, what would you say is the big, cool, exciting news to look for from Unilever? Yeah. Um, well, I don't think this is the right moment for, uh, for me to run a, a, a commercial uh, advertising Unilever to your members. Maybe what I'd like to say, though, is, um, it's a strategic priority for our company um, to make sure that our biggest and best brands are in really good health. There was a period four or five years ago where everyone was talking about small insurgent brands, but actually we see across the world there's been a sharp um, trend back to uh, the, the biggest, best loved, most trusted brands at times like, like these. So our biggest and best brands are brands like Dove or Degree or Seventh Generation. Hellman's mayonnaise, Magnum ice cream, and they are in uh, really terrific shape. Uh, maybe on this note, in April, there's an upcoming uh, Earth Day campaign with IGA uh, where we're funding uh, discounts on selected products like seventh generation. Uh, and so I think that intersection of our big healthy brands um, and some of the Earth Day um, activity is a good opportunity for your members. And I must say, John, we're finding um, across all trade channels, all sizes of customers, that um, helping shoppers to see um, how to shop more sustainability is a giant space for collaboration and partnership, whether it's on plastics or uh, organic products or how things are sourced. And it is an area we would like to partner more on making it easier for shoppers to, to make sustainable decisions in their brand and, 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 and retailer choices. The, the Earth Day campaign is cool. It's a U.S.-based campaign. We, we do have uh, stores all over the world. So if the international listeners are, are, are on this, we can do it with you too. But in the U.S., it's a, it's a U.S.-based campaign. And we're using our national digital ad, which is, a, which is a mobile application, essentially, that reaches about 115 million people and growing. What's interesting about that is that we can embed video inside of the promotional ad. And, Alan, we have learned that the shoppers are really curious about our industry. They want to know where things are made. They want to know about the product. They want to know about the health benefits. And so we don't, it doesn't have to be just what's on sale. It can be all this cool news. So I, I, I think that will be a, a cool experience for both of us. John, there's also a big age cohort effect here. We know that uh, the older shoppers, our baby boomers, um, don't even claim that the sustainability drives brand choice. Uh, Gen X, I just creep into, we're not very honest because we say it changes our behavior, but it doesn't really. Um, then Gen Y, the millennials, it for sure is starting to change behavior, but not if it costs a lot more. Uh, but Gen Zennials, the young shoppers, the shoppers of tomorrow, this is the primary thing driving brand choice um, and retailer choice. Well, absolutely. You can see that in our stores. And there's not an IGA anywhere that doesn't wish we had a younger cohort 
that's increasingly choosing us. So uh, learning to use these as both uh, the right thing to do and also as a marketing tool to position the stores right is actually really critical. Okay, last question. Um, if uh, Business Week or Forbes or something were writing a, an article about you and they said, Alan left the world a better place because of what, what would you want them to say? Well, maybe three quick ones. Uh, I'd love if they said um, he proved that uh, being a decent company uh, that does the right things um, is still a good way of getting a good return uh, with Unilever. The second is by bringing his kids, Amy, Cameron, and Angus, uh, into this world and that they are uh, good people and good citizens. And the final point would be by proving in Unilever that sustainable business drives better financial performance. It's not purpose or profit. It's purpose as a pathway to better profits. I'd be very happy if that was on my tombstone. Well, um, I, I got to figure out a way to ask that question so that it's less dour, but that's actually the perfect answer. I loved that answer. Well, hey, it was so cool to spend just a few minutes with you talking about it. We could probably spend an hour getting into any one of these initiatives, and I'd like to go further in the future. Thank you so much for doing this inaugural show. My pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. All right. If anyone has questions, either for me or for Alan, you can uh, include them. Uh, there will be a Q&A section in the bottom. If you're watching this online or if you're in the podcast, you can certainly send us an email and look for further initiatives. I'm going to go around the CEO suites of every one of our major manufacturers and do this exact same thing over the next 12 months. So I look forward to talking to you and thank you again. Bye bye.